up everybody it's dan binder boneyard coming at you from the shop uh, it might sound a little bit different because i'm actually out in the shop uh, you may hear some noise uh, you might not normally hear when i'm recording from the office so i'm also doing something different uh, i am filming this podcast so uh, it will be available on youtube on our youtube channel um, and if for some reason something happens and it does not record well or it's not a good fit then you won't see it on the youtube channel but <laughs> for uh for now i'm i'm hoping that uh this works out and it will be something i can start putting on other platforms because um i mean the the podcast platform is great uh but um i really need to work on getting the YouTube channel going, uh, better. And, um, so, you know, I spend these podcasts waving my arms around and making hand motions anyways that nobody can see. So I figured, um, why not, why not try and, uh, you know, let everybody see what crazy hand motions I'm making here, uh, that it might help with, um, some, uh, explanations of things or, or whatnot, but, Anyway, um, yeah, so I just want to say thank you to everybody, um, all the subscribers, the shares, the likes, all you Patreon donators, uh, everything like that. Really appreciate um, all you guys. The, uh, the suggestions that you send in uh, are really great. Um, uh, you know, plenty of topics to cover for sure. But, uh, you know, it's always interesting to hear what other people want to see and their perspective uh, on things as well. So, um, you know, always appreciate that. And if you do have a suggestion, feel free to reach out on the social medias, uh, you know, whatever platform, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I don't use TikTok uh, or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, so... Um, Feel free to let me know what you'd like to see, and I will um, I will do my best to, uh, or I guess what you'd like to hear, and I'll do my best to try to cover that topic. Um, you know, one thing I've been hearing a lot, you know, there's uh, the scout market's still really hot, the international market's really hot, and um, a lot of new people, a lot of uh, unaware um buyers out there that don't understand internationals they don't get the brand they don't you know they don't know what to look for they don't know uh whatever so i made several podcasts about this in the past but i figured being uh since i'm trying to put this on another platform it might be a good uh a good thing to um try and cover so um yeah I guess we'll just jump right in with uh, me taking a drink. Okay. Ah. Scout 80, 800s. You guys looking to buy those, get into those for the first time. You know, they rust real bad uh, between the gas tank or through the quarter panel, um, behind the door, underneath the door, quarter panel area. Uh, because there is a 
cavity there that uh, gets trapped, dirt and rocks and debris get trapped in there. And then you can't, you know, it doesn't come out. There's drain holes in the bottom that they put in, but they don't really work very well uh, unless you get in there every year with a garden hose and or pressure washer and blast that cavity out to get all this debris out. Um, they rust from the inside out. Uh, that's super common. Uh, front floor rust, another real common thing. Uh, a lot of this early scout sheet metal is all single layer. Um, so, you know, road debris, road salt, moisture coming up from the road is going to erode it out and you're into the floor in no time. Um, bed floors the same, bedsides, uh, inner, inner bedsides, they all rot like that. Um, so that's a place to look for, for Bondo and filler, um, bottoms of the doors, notorious, um, where the top, where the, the top meets the sides of the, uh, of the hard top, that flange there always, um, holds moisture and will rust. So you got to watch for that. Um, you, the other er thing about the early scouts is that there's a lot of VIN tag swapping. Um, you get these guys that, uh, you know, they might have a 6580 uh, with a title, but it's wrecked. And they have a 61 or 6280 with no title, but it's in good shape. So they unscrew the VIN tag. Screw it to the 80, other 80 and sell it. Because International in the old days, they just had one data tag. And it was that tin tag that, you know, was under the hood above the brake master cylinder um, in the early 80s. Then, uh, you know, there was a partial VIN stamped on the frame behind the steering box. And a lot of times... You get these guys and they're like, oh, it's a 65, but it's got sliding windows and it has the IH tailgate and it has a weird heater box and air manifold that only 61s or 2s had. And so you start to wonder, you know, like, what is this Frankenstein rig? And so, you know, um, those are all things to look for. Uh, especially in the early scouts, there was a lot of swapping going on. Like you could put roll up window doors uh, from like a 64, 65 onto a 61 because they didn't even have roll up windows in 61. Uh, it became an option in mid 62. So, um, you know, there was a lot of swapping, a lot of uh, shenanigans going on that guys were trying to do to put rigs together to sell them. Uh, not necessarily bad. I mean, I love roll up windows uh, compared to the sliders. So, you know, if that's what you're looking for, then, um, you know, by all means, I'm just, you know, putting out this information so that you can be educated on what you're looking at. Um, the 800s, 66 to 71, same problems as the 80s, the rust in the uh, quarters, bottom of the doors, the top. I mean, they're essentially the same. The 800s had updates with like, push button door handles instead of the twist. Uh, the windshields didn't fold down unless it was one of the special order fold down 800s, which are very rare. Um, you know, and then you started getting into the 196. Uh, you got four speeds instead of three speeds. Uh, 
I mean, the three was still available, but four speed was an option. And then 67, you got the first V8, um, factory V8, I should say. Uh, so, you know, things to look for is have, you know, the motor's been swapped. Have, is the drivetrain still original-ish? Not that that values it much. I mean, internationals aren't like other collector cars where their numbers matching. Like, uh, no one cares. Um, and most of the time, your international is actually worth more if it has been updated. You know, if, if it was a 152 truck and now it has a 196, that makes it more valuable. But that also makes you more susceptible to flippers and scammers because you're going to go look at a four-cylinder Scout and they're going to go, oh, it's got a 196 because they know that's what everybody wants. But really, you need to look. And the um, numbers are stamped on the driver's side of the block uh, on the four-cylinders. Don't send me a message and tell me that I'm wrong. Four cylinders, it's on the driver's side, stamped vertically. V8s, it's stamped on the passenger side, underneath the number one cylinder uh, on a little rectangle block. It's stamped there. If that little rectangle block has no stamping at all, then it's an early 266, um, you know, that that's the only thing that after that they were all stamped there three or fours whatever um the other thing to look for when you're into the later 800s if they have v8s is you'll see guys saying oh it's got a 392 or it has a 345 they did not come factory with those engines the only v8s you could get in the 80 i'm sorry the 800s was 304 266 and 304s so if someone swapped in a 345 you need to verify that, make sure they did it right. Nothing's too janky, um, you know, because it does happen. And, um, you know, just check that stuff out. Uh, axles, same thing. Um, you know, the later ones have the Dana 44s, uh, two-piece shafts versus the, the one-piece shaft in the 70, 69 to 71s. Um so those are kind of the big beats to look for. Um, don't fall for the, the, oh yeah, it's got a 345 and a four speed, uh, you know, because a lot of that, that's not true. Um, you know, um, you know, the other thing is, is the eighties and eight hundreds didn't have fuse panels. They only had inline fuses and a circuit breaker on the back of the, um, headlight switch. So, um, you know, watch for electrical problems because most guys couldn't find the fuses. So they just added more wires or scab things in. So really got to watch for that. Um, we'll move on. Scout two, uh, scout two's had real bad uh, rocker rust problem, uh, wheel arch rust, uh, the rear hatch rusted real bad bottom of the tailgate, uh, and windshield frame. Uh, and then, you know, cab front cab mounts uh can be considered bad too but um those are the high points the rockers you know i've seen tons of scouts that look great but it's just obvious that they are full of filler uh you know you slather in some filler in the wheel arch and sand it down and shoot it and you know you 
people think they're they're good, but the scouts they rust from the inside out. They get moisture trapped between those layers, and then it rusts from the inside out. Uh, International did not treat their metal, the interiors of the metal before it went together. So all that stuff got sandwiched with pretty much no paint or primer. Um, you know, we'll get into the D series later, which they are notorious for. But um, yeah, Scout twos, it's all that lower stuff. You get a little bit of top rust, but most of their rust problems was in the lower, lower third of the truck, uh, especially if it had carpet. Um, if it's been carpeted its whole life, you guarantee there's going to be rust under it. Um, you know, get on your back, look up at the bottom of the floor, see if you can see, you know, patches or roof flashing. I've seen guys use galvanized roof flashing to cover holes, stuff like that. Um, you know, early scouts had drum break, Dana 30 front ends. And then in 74, they had uh, the disc break 44. So, you know, if you're looking at a, a early scout, you know, be aware that it's going to be drum break, uh, you know, unless it's been converted, which again, brings up the value, uh, you know, back to that whole numbers matching thing. Um, people don't care. They want, they want their scout to be updated. Uh, so a disc break scout will always be more valuable than the drum break scout. Uh, even if you've got a nice 72, you put that disc brake 44 in the front, automatically the values go up. Um, same with transmissions. You know, if it's got a three-speed manual, four-speed makes it more valuable. Uh, the automatic, you know, the automatics you're on the fence with. I know nowadays I get a lot of requests for automatic conversions. Guys want to swap their scout from a manual to an automatic because their wife or their kid or whoever can't drive a manual. And, um, and so that, that happens a lot, but I also get the guys that have the automatic scouts that want that robust, um, you know, manual transmission durability and the, the ability to just grab gears, you know, and, and then have that control off road, especially if you have a wide ratio, um, four speed, you know, with that deep first gear or granny gear, like some people call them, um, you know, that uh, it, so it just depends on that, but anything is better than the three speed manual. That was the base model. Um, you know, you get into these ones with the rally package. So many guys are building trucks now with rally stripes that they're not really rallies. Uh, rallies were a particular package that had, you know, a different steering wheel sometimes, uh, you know, the stripes, suspension package, um, various other, um, you know, little details that made them different than a normal off the line scout too. So, you know, if someone's trying to sell you a rally, see if you can get the line set ticket, if they have it, see if, you know, they can prove that it's a rally instead of just telling you that it's, you know, the stripe package is what makes it a rally. Um, what else? Yeah, you know, there's just, uh, just things to look for like that. Like, you know, check the frames, make sure they're not too rusty. Check, uh, you know, steering gear. You can't buy the steering boxes anymore. They have to be rebuilt. 
So if you're looking at one and it's got a leaky steering box and they're telling you that, oh, it's a it's a quick fix. It's a you know, no big deal. Well, kind of. I mean, you have to pull the box and have it rebuilt. But um, still, it's things like that that uh, need to keep in mind when you're making a purchase because there's some guys asking big money for some junky trucks. So, you know, just keep that in mind when you're looking at them. Um, moving on, we'll go to uh, C-Series. Um, you know, they rust real bad in the valance, the front of the truck, the whole nose of the truck. Uh, 61 to 68. They have cavities in there that collect material. They, um, they just retain dirt and moisture in the headlight buckets and the turn signal buckets. And, and then they rot out. And the problem with that whole valance is that it's also the radiator support. It's the whole front of the truck. Like it's all one big spot welded together assembly and if it's rotten it is a lot of work to repair so to keep that in mind when you're looking at these things so look at that valance um the other thing that is super bad and really notorious on the c-series is cowl rust under the dash and i don't mean like above the gas pedal i mean lay on your back on the driver's floor and look up at the underside of the dash and the bottom of the cowl where the air vents are and the kick panel and all that. That is notoriously rusty. Uh, I've looked at trucks that have been in Southern Nevada their entire life, never been in the rain, never been outside in inclement weather, like one owner, old lady trucks. And you'll look at that area and it'll be bubbly. It might not be rusted through yet, but it's rusting. Uh, so, you know, when you look at a C series and their guys like, oh yeah, no rust, one owner fresh out of, you know, Eastern Oregon, look under the dash. Uh, and then the other side of that is when you open the hood, if you look at the cowl from the hood side, from the engine bay side, there's some pinch welds and some seams there that, that'll be separating or rusted out all the way through as well. And again, that's because when International put these things together, there was no paint inside those cavities, uh, or very little, I should say. So they rust real bad there. Um, the beds, the end caps of the bed uh, on the fleet side beds, um, you know, watch that. It's usually hidden by the bumper and you won't see it until you get down on the ground and you look up at that area and you'll see, you know, the bottoms of those, of those end caps. Um, the other thing C-Series pickups are notorious for is the cab splitting, um, where the back wall of the cab meets the floor. There's a pinch weld there and it's split. Like even my 64 Travelette that I drive every day, that's a really nice example. It has a blown out floor uh in the back there so um just something to to look for uh and and you know if the guy's asking a decent price and it ha and it needs work and you know like it's priced accordingly then then it shouldn't stop you but if someone's looking for 40 grand 
you know, for a travelette that looks nice on the outside, but it has some questionable stuff going on, then, you know, uh, think twice about that, that purchase price. Um, and the travel alls, the glass, you can get windshields new, you can get side glass and you have a good chance of finding the back tailgate glass, but that curved side glass is tough. And, and that's the 57 to 68. Uh, they all use the same glass and on the side and it's, it's hard to get. Uh, if not, some guys will say impossible. It's getting very hard. Um, so I'm not sure what the solution is going to be other than having glass made in the future. And I think that's going to be an expensive endeavor. Um, but I'm not sure what we're going to do when we run out of donor travel alls with good glass. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it with them. The, the full size stuff was just, it was built more traditionally, um, you know, fuse panels and the way that they're put together. The wiring isn't as, as uh, questionable as it was on the Scouts. Um, you know, you get into the D series, which is 69 to 75. And there's some differences in there. You know, it's really 69 to 73 is the one style. Um, they rusted above the windshield real bad uh, and the floor. They didn't have nearly the cowl rust the C-Series had and um, or the rockers. Sometimes the cab corners would rust on them, but not just not the same problems as the C-Series has had. Uh, and many of the C-Series has had galvanized rockers. So you might see a rotten cab corner on a C and then the rocker is fine. It's because it's galvanized. Um, but the D series did not have galvanized rockers, but they were just put together differently so that they didn't rust as bad. Now, remember, I'm on the West Coast. I'm in Oregon. I'm in Central Oregon where it's dry. It's sunny. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can look out the window and it's a little overcasty right now, but... Um, it's nice. And so we don't have that East Coast, Midwest, salt belt rust problem that uh, most people have. So I'm speaking from a West Coast perspective. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, the other thing about the D series is uh, brakes. Uh, same with the C series is the brakes are, are the drums, the six lug drums are obsolete, very hard to get. Um, I recommend everybody do an axle swap on the C series if you get one, if you're looking at one that's already been axle swap, again, that is a increase in value across the board. If you look at one that's got a Chevy front end with disc brakes and all that, it's worth it. Um, if you have, if you want to buy a nice one, but it still has got the old six lug stuff and you're about to go down that six lug rabbit hole, just look into GM a GM axle conversion, uh, you will be much happier in the, in the long run. If it's in your budget and you know, you've got the wiggle room on this purchase of your new international. Uh, so D series were a little bit better, a little bit more standard. Uh, the half tons had the Lockheed, um, three inch wide shoe, which is not available anymore. has to be relined professionally. Um, so keep that in mind if you're looking at a drum brake truck, half ton truck or travel wall. Um, the wiring on them was better. 
still, like I said, better than the scouts, still some questionable stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, again, much better than the previous version. Um, glass on the D series is, is way better. I mean, all that stuff's still available. You can still get windshields and side glass and all that stuff is, is around. Um, so, you know, glass is not a problem. Don't let someone tell you that having all the glass is a selling point uh, in a D-series. I get these guys, they call, and they're just wrecked, just roached, and they want like two grand, and they go, yeah, but all the glass is good. It's like, I, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I can get glass cut for all of it and, you know, be well under the $1,000 or $1,500 or whatever it is you want for this wrecked truck. So... Um, you know, don't let someone tell you that having intact glass is, you know, a, a huge selling point. Um, what else? So, and the other D series is the 74 and fives. They change the frames. They had some axle adjustments. They just, they did stuff a little bit different 74 and five. Um, same rust problem around the window, window frame and the, the lip of the hood will rust. Um, the front edge of the hood. And the inner fenders uh, will rust on them where the hood hinge mounts. So watch for that. Um, again, brake parts on the 74 and 5s is getting hard to find, especially the 8 lug stuff that is non-existent anymore. Um, so tough, tough to get at. Um, the rear axle stuff is super available, uh, but that 8 lug front disc brake parts are, are very hard to get nowadays. Um, you know, they're just, and then you get some typical pickup stuff, you know, is how beat up is the bed? Is the tailgate all cracked and broke out? Uh, if it doesn't have a tailgate, look around, see if you can find one. They're also getting very hard to find. Um, good tailgates are bringing top dollar nowadays. So if your heart is set on having a complete D series with a tailgate, you might want to factor that into your budget. Um, you know, the motors, international engines, most of the parts are still available. There's some hit or miss availability depending on what time of the year it is you're, when you're looking for stuff. But most of that stuff's still available. Um, so don't let people convince you that the international engine is a, a bad platform just because they coun't find a certain part. Um, I mean, we build trucks all year long with IH engines and we have great results. Um, you know, you put a Holly sniper on them and an aluminum fuel tank that we sell and you're good for, for years. So, um, you know, don't let the international engine scare you away. That being said, if it has a quality LS swap, like in a scout two, this LS swap with an overdrive auto, you know, it's worth looking at, uh, again, that, helps the drivability, helps them go down the road better with better economy. Um, you know, so depending on the quality of the swap, because I have seen some garbage LS swaps that guys just tried to hurry up so they could try to get top dollar for, and it doesn't always work out. So keep that in mind, you know, maybe have a mechanic check over the scout before or the truck before you purchase it, just to look for stuff that you're not used to looking for, like, you know, broken shock bolts or parking brake cables that are stretched out or frayed or, you know, uh, things like that. Uh, and then finally, we'll go backwards into the old trucks, 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, there's, uh, they all have the same problems back then, you know, rust, floor rust, cab rust, 
Uh, and then the old six cylinder engine parts are non-existent. Um, you're finding NOS stuff or old engine warehouse stuff that, you know, dusty boxes that maybe were buried in the back. So, um, the mid 50s six cylinder stuff, some of it's still available, but again, you are, you know, you're hunting for, uh, pistons and rings. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, the fifties trucks started the, they had the overdrive option, which is cool in the half tons. So you'd have the three on the column with the, uh, overdrive option, uh, push button overdrive on the dash. That's a neat feature. If you find one of those, definitely factor that into your purchase. Um, you know, the fifties IH trucks are just, they're their own animal. They were the first, uh, factory four wheel drives that, you know, all the other manufacturers were using Napco and, and, uh, those things where international went right with the Dana Spicer axles and, uh, in the three quarter tons starting in 57. So, you know, when you're looking at one of those S one twenties in the 57, um, 56, sorry, 56 S120s. Um, you know, keep that in mind that those brake parts are pretty obsolete. Um, but, you know, they are the first of the factory four wheel drive. So that has some value. Um, but otherwise, you know, they're all, they were all six volt until 57. Um, so, you know, these guys will do 12 volt conversion, which is not just putting in a 12 volt battery. Uh, there's some other stuff that has to go into that. And if they didn't do it, you're looking at fried sending units or cooked generators or messed up gauges. So keep that in mind. Also, if someone has done a 12 volt conversion and they really just put a 12 volt battery in, um, cause it will do damage in the long term. So, um, that's really about it for things to look for in the internationals. Um, you know, just use your common sense, look at stuff. If something doesn't seem right, sales guys pushy, don't fall for the fact that it's coming from a broker or some big name reseller. Those guys don't know much about them either. Uh, they're just out to make money. Uh, so, you know, really take everything with a grain of salt when they're giving you the specs and, and really check it out yourself. Um, but yeah, that's the best. The best I can tell you, uh, those are the big beats, the high points to look out for. Um, so we'll finish it up there. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate you guys following along. Feel free to like, subscribe, donate to Patreon, subscribe on Instagram. You know, every dollar helps. Um, these things aren't free to produce. You know, they cost me money to make. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys, uh, you guys's donations and subscriptions and shares and likes and it all it all helps to keep these things on the road so uh that being said uh i appreciate you guys and until next time i'm dan from binder boneyard